Hi guys, and welcome to the Lifestyle Design Secrets Podcast, where we talk about fitness, nutrition, mindset, and a whole lot more. Thank you for everyone who's listened to all our episodes so far, and taken the time to leave a review. You do enjoy this episode, and want the free content to keep on coming, please do take two seconds to leave us a five-star review. Hello everyone and welcome back to the show. I'm here today with Chris from Hippocrates or Hippocrates, which is an awesome meal delivery service based in Queenstown. Um, And I've been meaning to chat to Chris for quite some time because a lot of the topics that I see him talking about, um, I think we align on quite similarly. So we had a chat on the phone the other day and decided to um, come here today to have a chat and share some of Chris's knowledge with you all and little bits about his business because um, I think it's awesome. So Chris, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Um, tell us a little bit about, well, there's so many topics to cover, but your background, who you are, um, I suppose what brought you here today, because you told me a little bit about that the other day, and that's a brilliant story. Yeah. So many businesses start from trying to fix our own problems. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, for sure. That's kind of uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started. Um, so yeah, I'm Chris from Hippocrates, but you can call it Hippocrates. You can call it hypocrites. Call it whatever you want. Depending on whether you're feeling fancy. Yeah, exactly. Or if you know who yeah. Hippocrates was. Um, so yeah, I started this business, uh, about a year ago. Um, we, I was actually doing something similar for a couple of years prior working for the gym at industrial fitness. Um, but then that's kind of how you started in the gym and it was called fit and fed fit and fed. Yeah. Um, I've had the idea um, industrial fitness in Queenstown. That's right. Yep. Shout out to them. Um, I've had the idea for years. Um, yeah. The I yeah. So my background is um, my degree. A long time ago, is in computer science, software engineering. <laughs> yeah. Long time ago. Uh, my experience for the last ten years or so, plus more than that now, actually fourteen probably, is in chefing, cooking, food, yeah. everything about it. Um, but yeah, for most of that time, um, all of that time, really, like I've, my, my interest is in health, fitness, sport, adventuring, you know, the body, science, biology, whatever. Um, yeah. and, and for, you know, it's been a journey for me, uh, probably about eight years ago, I decided to give up the, the, the party lifestyle of of a young Queenstowner expat and, um, tried to, yeah. tried to make something of myself. And, um, my first step on that journey was veganism. That, <laughs> it's an interesting wait, was one. was this before, wait, say so Chris, is this before or after you broke your back? Uh, this was before. Okay. Let's start. So veganism, how did that go for you? Well, initially great. Um, yeah. not because, I think veganism is a is a great thing. Uh, at the time, I was confused, and it was an ideological um, venture, for sure. But you know, I stopped drinking five days a week, and I started trying to put nutrients into my body, and I started taking care of myself a bit better. So initially, I felt better, but two three years down the line, uh, my body started to fall apart, essentially. Um, yeah. So what kind of thing happened? My teeth started to break was the Ooh, the most Jesus. the most obvious thing that I noticed. Yeah. Uh, so that was unpleasant. And um, I mean, I, I think that's a result of just eating predominantly carbohydrates. If you just eat plants, you're eating mainly carbs. And, um, you know, that breaks the, into sugar. Yeah, even the kind of quite healthy ones, right? All yeah. all carbohydrates end up with sugar at some point in your body. That's how we process yeah. them. So anyway, that happened. 
This uh, is what my business model is based on teaching people. So thanks for thanks for dropping that one in there. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, we can only teach from our own lessons. Um, I had an interesting an interesting uh, way out of this uh, was actually I was in the jungle of Peru and I was drinking ayahuasca. Oh, you've done ayahuasca? Yeah. How cool. How cool indeed. Yep. Yeah. So tell me more. And yeah. Uh, well, the biggest, I mean, that, that could be a whole podcast in itself, but I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll skim over <laughs> No, can we do it. that one? Sometimes soon. We can do that again. Yeah, we, that can okay. be another one. We can talk about that forever. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, for the purpose of this, I'll, I'll tell you what I got out of it. And so one day, one of the ceremonies I had, um, I basically just passed out and experienced nothing. But when I woke up in the morning, my whole my whole outlook was different. And I understood the circle of life and what we are as humans or animals and where we fit into the biological ecosystem. And that uh, for for us to live, other things have to die and that's just the natural order of things. And I just understood that and I, I, I didn't know that before. Um, I think, I think mm. it was a message that I had to, if I didn't, if I, I was so ideologically invested in the veganism thing that I wasn't listening to my body. And so yeah, I, need... I think I think a lot of people fall victim to that. So for sure, any a lot of health fads or trends or you do it relentlessly, because in your brain, you believe it and you completely forget, you know, the brain gut connection, you just don't listen to what it's got to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what the other thing that happened is my gut, my gut became completely destroyed mentioned that the other day yeah yeah so yeah i mean it's still a work in progress recovering from that um so yeah i woke up woke up the next day and i and i knew i knew that i had to eat meat again yeah and so i so i did was that a challenge for you being going from being so ideologically vegan um no actually it wasn't the ayahuasca probably helped hey it's so profound and yeah. and so it's more than real that um it's the truth i knew it was the truth and i know i knew it was the right thing to do and um it wasn't like i hear people that say oh, i think when i eat meat again it's go i'm gonna feel weird about it it's gonna make my, my stomach can't handle it mm. i don't think that is really a thing like you're weird we can eat meat that's the one thing that is is not going to cause any problems for your gut and it certainly didn't for me anyway and i felt great yeah just immediately while we're on this before we carry on with your journey chris go on um i think that's so interesting because so many women say to me oh i don't like meat it's heavy don't like red meat um for whatever reason and lots of them can't even tell me why mm. so they come to me and they go i only eat red meat twice a week mm. and i have to go oh why because it's been so demonized yep in culture and i would say almost um, masculinized as well so it's okay for uh my husband to go out and order the steak but if i then order the ribs you know people are probably like oh you know, people people are quite often surprised by my food order, I think. Yeah. Because I think particularly for for women, but also men, environmentally conscious men. Mm. Um, yeah, red meat has been so demonized. And yet, like you said, that kind of circle of life way of looking at it. If you think about it, you're eating meat that's, being fueled by grass and sunlight, right? Versus, I don't know, what like monocropped soy cultures mm. that have been fed a hell of a lot of pesticides. Yeah. It's really interesting. Well, the, the, yeah, it is interesting. And the- but people don't think it's natural. No, and it's, it's, it's pretty crazy, really. It's the most natural thing around. Like that is, that evolutionary, that's how we survived. 
that's how we thrived anyway i think um wheat crops and um the, you know the large crops that probably came around six thousand years ago that's what that's what we're told um out of the fertile mm -hmm. crescent of mesopotamia that was because we were starving you know we needed to the, there was a slightly growing population and we needed to feed a growing population of probably slaves slave type folk so that's mm -hmm. you know it's, it's it was slave food you don't see you know look at king henry the eighth he wasn't eating bread he was eating meat too much of it yeah and drinking far too much. I was about but to it's... say, I was like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the picture of health example we need to see. But no, that's yeah, probably not the best it's... example. No, but <clears throat> you're quite right. Like it's, it's the food that we started producing on mass to feed a hugely growing population. Mm -hmm. But it was also food grown on a farm that required farming. So it was probably <clears throat> fine if you were moving around a field all day. Yes. For sure. Until until um, industrial mechanization came in, and then suddenly you've got all these farmers who are really rich but really quite fat. Yeah. <laughs> like not not really, you know. There's a huge generalization. So sorry to any farmers who I'm pissing off right now. I know it's not not completely the norm, but um, yeah, I think that's the problem. Is we've developed these types of food like highly industrialized wheat crops mm. to feed a growing population of moving people. Um, and God has changed. Ultimately, I know that I feel better if I eat predominantly red meat and I don't feel heavy. I, you know, I could eat a kilo of, of red meat and then I don't feel heavy at all. If I eat pizza, yeah. then I feel heavy. I know it's, it's really interesting that you said that because a lot of people are like, they lose a couple of kilos the first week or two weeks they start working with me mm. and they're like, Oh my gosh. And you know, yes, it's good for motivation, but I also explained to them that, you know, when you eat a lot of grains and a lot of processed grains, your body stores four times their weight in water. Yep. So you feel incredibly heavy. Mm. You feel incredibly heavy. It's a hell of a load for your gut to digest. Um, a lot of those grains are often processed as well. Um, yeah. And I think because red meat is so satiating, mm. they're used to eating processed carbs that are very easy to take in. Yeah, like not, not to mention the... And then they, they pass through quite quickly. Yeah, not to mention the, the insulin spiking up and down all throughout the day. And, you know, what comes up must come down. So you might get that sugar rush of energy in the short term. But you feel great. You will yeah. fall you'll feel sluggish in a few hours after when it comes back down again. So yeah. that's what I think people mean by feeling heavy is that your, your energy levels have, have dropped. And ultimately we eat food to get energy. And if you are not getting energy, then what's what, why have you done that? You know, that, that was not, that's not the point of food. And I think a lot of the modern food system, you know, cereal, toast, cereal bars, mm. bread, sandwiches you can grab on the go. We've been taught that like quick hit spikes your glucose, possibly spikes your dopamine if it's something like a chocolate bar. Yep. Feel good. Feel hungry in an hour, but you know, at the time you feel good. So well, it's, that's, yeah, that, and... that's certainly the culture we live in now with quick, quick dopamine. Undeserved. Yep. Um, Chris, let's get back to your story before yeah. I move on to the, we, I do always do, you'll like it. We do a meaty main course on this, um, this podcast, which is where I'm uh, keen to dive into your real business model. But say back to your story, you're not vegan anymore no. and you get starting to feel better. Yes, for sure. Um, where did we get to? Yeah. So, so I started trying to think of a master plan really because I see I see where I went wrong uh, I see how I was ma manipulated by by social media and uh, social pressure that this is that was the right thing to do down the vegan route uh, I see that supermarkets have the absolute monopoly on on our food oh, system Chris, sorry you just cut out for a second there are we back <clears throat> 
Oh, Chris, sorry. Pause for a sec. I will do that. I think you're back. You just cut out for about 15 seconds, which oh. I can edit out. Okay. But let's, yeah. So dive straight back in from here. All right. Uh, we'll go back to the supermarkets. Have... Oh, you're still not there. I don't know. How's your internet connection? Maybe not the best. Was it recording yeah. before? Um, I think we just lost about 30 seconds. Yeah. Are you, is it, is it recording now? Yeah. So do you want to start again now? Okay. Okay. Let's try again. Yeah. Um, we'll go from, so the supermarkets have a complete monopoly on, on the food, uh, distribution and supply in the entire Western world, really. Um, farmers have been pushed to the bottom of the pile. Local produce is somewhat non-existent anymore. And we, we don't eat like our, our grandparents did or their, their parents did, um, some time ago when, when these chronic diseases were not prevalent. So cogs are turning and I'm thinking how, you know, what's the solution? What is a solution to, to try and at least help to fix some of these issues? So, so you've got your technology background, you've got your chef background and society food system that's crumbling. Yes, pretty yes. much as well as, yeah, as well as my personal experience of, of knowing how important it is to, to eat a good diet. We can go even further into, you know, the social problems of how much, how much money gets wasted from our taxes every year paying for, you know, diabetes, heart disease, and other chronic cardiovascular diseases, oh. you know, like we, we're wasting so much money on something that's so unnecessary. And obviously we know um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, you are uh, preaching to the choir there. My mum, mm. I'm going to, she won't listen to this. So I'm going to call her out and call her a complete fattest. <laughs> um, she's a shocker. She doesn't realize anything beyond, you know, personal responsibility. She just thinks it's their fault. You know, mm. if you've got an issue with your weight, you're doing something wrong. You're mm. probably a bit fat and a bit lazy. Um, so she's taken to sending me um, articles from the Times um, in the UK because there's some really, really interesting statistics over there. And I do think the British press, although they're shockers at some things, are actually, they're, they're very good kind of investigationally, I suppose. And the billions, billions of pounds that it costs the health system every year, just obesity related issues. Mm. It's bonkers. Like it's more than we spend on, you know, anything else. And it's all, it's all stuff that's, you know, preventable through lifestyle or through changing our food system. Yeah. Or, things like that and it's yeah it's crazy so anyway sorry to interrupt no no it's yeah, okay um but, but yeah that's you know there's it's the revolving door of the food regulators and the big food corporations and it's all about greed for for the few um that's the greed the greed comes from the top and it's all about money unfortunately and the the marketing campaigns of yeah. of cheap nasty food they they get us all and it's you know we're, everyone is is fighting a losing battle there so yeah and they're powerful right so i think so i've mentioned powerful. this in a podcast before but you know they've got the um they've got the all blacks nutritionist on there recommending wheat books yeah great it's great if you're running around playing rugby for six hours a day mm. and you don't have gut issues go for gold mm. that is not the majority of the population no it's not and also you know the, the the chocolate in the supermarket is next to the till you're standing there waiting you've tried to do your best and then you're yeah. you know your your impulses are overridden because oh i'm actually you know, quite often you shop, you're a bit hungry. Oh, I would like some chocolate. It happens to me. I do it too. <laughs> yeah. 
You're about to, I'm glad you know this, Chris, because you're about to experience this. So a lot of the people I work with are mums or dads. Mm. They are exhausted from working, from childcare. They go to the supermarket and they're like, I deserve a treat. Yeah. I made it this far through the day. And like you say, your defenses are down. It's right there. It's convenient. It's at eye level often. Yeah. It's like throw it into the trolley and you'll know no different. It's done on purpose. It's, that's my background from, yeah, sort of the geography of obesity and how our food environments impact our health. And it's just bonkers the um, quantity of processed food you have to say no to in a day. Mm. It's crazy, like cognitively. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. It does to me. I was saying something about, we were talking about the supermarkets and, oh yeah, that's right. I was saying about why I, why I started the business. Yeah. So let's dive right back in. So from what I, I'll just give you, like, from what I can see of your business, Chris, so (laughs) Hippocrates, you basically, you take out all the societal and environmental and logistical and time pressures of healthy eating. Exactly. Which I think is amazing. So when people like say they can't eat healthily, so there's a few things that like puts them off, right? They, they think it's going to be difficult. They don't think they're actually going to be able to achieve it. Um, They worry about the effort and sacrifice that might be involved. Yeah. And also the cost. So I suppose you're like depending on people's budgets people might think your food is costly but given the quality of it and how much time people save no food shopping no cooking no yep. washing up and no brain capacity to have to think about it yeah uh yes if, yeah. as long as you put value on the power of what food can do for your body then it is more than affordable it's designed that way. It's designed to be. It's designed to, to be affordable for for everyone, really. But you have to put the value that food is worth spending money on. If you yeah. yes, you can go and buy cheap noodles and survive off fifty bucks a week if you really want to. But you won't feel good. You won't thrive. If you want no. to thrive, you need to spend money on food. And um, that, you know, there's two things we need in life, really, and that's food and shelter. Those are those are our necessities. Yeah. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just become so difficult to, to navigate. I think, yeah, I think in the world of marketing, you'll have to go back, actually. So the previous episode, I got interviewed by a really lovely nutrition student from the Netherlands Mm. who was researching nutritional advice on social media which is like you mentioned veganism you know it can take you down an odd path but so there's so many conflicting messages out there and then you've got all the big food companies marketing campaigns very clever marketing campaigns like I struggle not to get triggered every time I walk into the uh, cereal aisle at the supermarket because of like the low cholesterol, low <laughs> fat, 25% less sugar. And they're all really, really highly processed grains with like dried fruit. Yeah. Um, or, you know, 25% nuts. And it's like, well, what's the other 75%? Um, yeah. It's amazing the health messages that they use, like gluten free. It's like, that doesn't really mean anything. But it's, it's, um, also, the, the star rating as well. Oh, don't even get me started. Yeah. Well, that, the star rating uh, works on the basis that saturated fat is inherently awful. And yeah. polyunsaturated fats are good. And um, I think that the truth couldn't be any, any more polarizing so than that. that. Yeah, the processed fats and industrialized seed oils. Yeah, there's um, natural fat and there's unnatural fat. And, industrialized seed oils are you know they're they're bleached they're deodorized completely refined it's you know they have to do that thing because if you was to eat the real product it would be foul it would be so (laughs) ultimately disgusting that you 
didn't even put it near you. No. And just um, because it doesn't smell bad anymore or look bad anymore, doesn't mean that it's not. And ultimately, there's no nutrition in there. It's linoleic acid. It's to your body, right? So I think like the the analogy I always use is um, you know like an olive oil like olive oil or um, uh, or like meat on a steak, right? Mm. The the fat on a steak. So the fat is there in its natural form. You haven't done yep. anything to it. It's right there. Like yep. it's just as as it comes. Whereas to get, for example, a piece of corn, to use canola oil as an example, mm. like a piece of corn growing in a field, to extract the oil from that, the level of processing and the chemicals that are required to, as you say, not only turn it to an oil, but then make it palatable, um, you, your body has no idea what that is. It, it doesn't recognize it as a food and it makes it extremely inflammatory without getting into the science of it. Yeah, and not, not to mention if you, so, so sunflowers are a good example here, sunflower seeds. To get the, to get the amount of <clears throat> fat from sunflower seeds that you would from, you know, the amount that you consume in your, in an average diet, you would need to eat like hundreds of kilograms of sunflower seeds. Oh. Obviously, oh, obviously. So that old analogy of like, if you eat the seed with the fiber and the husk and the everything else in it. Yeah, exactly. If you oh, eat sunflower seeds, you're still going to be getting sunflower oil because obviously it's in it, but it hasn't been refined. It hasn't been processed and you're not going to eat that much. And it's the same as sugar. No. Sugar is the same. You know, obviously it comes in, in fruit and people will argue that, well, you know, it's all sugar at the end of the day. I was like, yeah, but it comes this way for a reason. It's, it's attached to the fiber. It's, it it yeah. allows you to digest it correctly and it doesn't spike your in insulin and it doesn't put a huge amount of strain on your liver to process it. Yeah. And, I was actually uh, listening to some really, um, the uh, really good doctor who was talking about glucose response on the Andrew Huberman podcast the other day. Yeah. And he was talking about how fiber is actually bound and passes through the intestine without being absorbed as calories. Well, that's what so fiber is. Do... Well, yeah, exactly. So if, for example, you eat some nuts mm. or you eat some seeds, very different to um, the seed oil. Absolutely. Well, yeah, fi fiber is cellulose. It's the, it's the, cell, the cell wall of a plant and we can't digest it. So that's why... No. You know, it helps your poo move along and come out because you can't do anything with it. But cows can, ruminants can. That's what a rumen does. It's that's why they have multiple stomachs so that they can actually break that down into usable material because they can digest it. So, you know, people will make the argument that yeah, cows are huge. A rhino is huge, and they eat grass. It's like yeah, but they're ruminants. They're different. They have They're quite stomachs. Different digestive systems to us. Hey. Yeah, it's, it's very different to ours. They can, While we're on they the subject of cows them. and big animals, yeah. Um, the other thing that gets me is the um, New Zealand nutrition um, guidelines that say to be healthy, you should eat seven to eight portions of grains a day, which is the same. Same thing they use to fatten up cattle at the end yeah. of their lives for the slaughter. Yeah. Why? Why are they telling a, a mostly obese population that that's a good way to eat? Yeah, I know. I know. It, even on the surface level, it's obvious, obviously bad advice. Uh, yeah, but that's what we're up against, and uh, it's you know it's it's hard to 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 to, to fight against government guidelines. Because it is so most tell me just quickly, Chris, you talked about you talked about supplying food for schools, but you technically wouldn't be allowed to because the meat that you get from is it Nadia Lim's farm? I can't remember what it's called. Yep, Royal Burn. From Royal Burn Farm. So you get meat and eggs from Royal Burn Farm, so locally sourced, but you wouldn't actually be allowed to supply them because they don't meet the health guidelines for saturated fat, whereas if you were deep frying something in canola oil, that would be all good. 
yeah, if you were to receive uh, government funding uh, of any kind for right. for okay. schools, yes. then yes, you are not allowed to include animal fat. So if you're gonna if you're gonna give them red meat, you have to have it completely trimmed of all of its fat, and you can't cook in tallow. You can only cook in sunflower oil or canola oil, which you know is quite upsetting, really. That's disgusting. It's, mm. it, it's disgusting from a health perspective that that's what... So the government are funding those sorts of guidelines to feed children in schools. Well, they were. I'm not even sure if the funding is there at all anymore for the children in schools. Right around here, the only options children get um, externally otherwise than their parents is Hell's Pizza um sushi once a week i think quite often they'll do a, a pie day um oh my god yeah that's it i that's... actually remember this when my stepkids were at primary school mm. they had one day a week where they could get subway or sushi. oh yeah subway that's the other one as well yeah, yeah or pies yeah yeah and obviously like if you feed a child any of those things maybe not the sushi but any of those other things bread or pies at lunchtime they're not going to be paying attention in the afternoon they're going to switch off. They're, they're going to be tired. No. Yeah. And then you wonder, wonder why the kids are not, you know, they say they've got ADHD now. It's like, no, no, you've just fed them a load of carbohydrates at, at lunch and now they're tired. Of course, and they're not paying attention. sit down and be still. Yeah, and concentrate. Holy shit. Yep. Yeah. So that's what we're up against. But so back to positivity and yep. to what goes into your meals, Chris. So Royal Burn Farm is one local, um, you know, place that you source your meat and eggs. Yeah. Um, and so what else goes into your meals? Run me through it. I was just reading like your protein contents and all that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, like you said, we get our, we get our, our red meat and, and eggs from Royal Burn and, um, you know that's that's the best quality produce on earth, as far as I'm concerned. It's all um, regeneratively farmed too. So anyone that's going to say that um, that's not ethical has no idea what they're talking about. Of course, it's it's as ethical as it gets. Those, oh, it, just um, I'm just going to pause you there, Chris. Could you just gone funny again? Could you just repeat? Sorry, could you just repeat the last twenty seconds for me? Where did I come from? Uh, Raw burn. The is, best quality food yeah, on earth. Yeah, it is. It doesn't get better than that. And um, it's all regeneratively farmed. And anyone that tells you that that's not ethical has no idea what they're talking about, is what I'm saying. And so it's, run us but, through a little bit what regenerative farming means. Um, it means that they they move their animals around. The chickens... Are on the chicken coops are on wheels and so they move from from paddock to paddock you know then the cows come in and they eat the grass and they all fertilize different areas and it's you know the, the carbon cycle that goes round and round um so there's they don't use pesticides and they're not spraying it all and uh, it's all it's all completely natural and you know the traditional way to farm from back in the day and it's such a beautiful place i highly recommend a visit if, if anyone gets the I chance. Go visit now. Yeah. Yeah. Should. It's lovely up there. So yeah, that's what that's our that's our red meat. And then so the way we structure uh, our meals. So we make six different meals a day. Yeah. Uh, I call them breakfast, lunch, dinner. Obviously you can eat them whenever you want, but for posterity's sake it's it's easiest this way so a lunch yeah. and a dinner they're kind of the same it's all gluten-free we don't we don't cook in in seed oils and we don't use any refined sugar um macro wise the regular meals we we keep it about even so a third a third a third so that's oh, yeah. 200 calories from protein 200 calories from carbs and 200 from fat so we count we count the fat that's important and we use quite often but most of the time we'll use beef tallow we used to use olive oil and uh, we use a bit of coconut oil as well 
Uh, so yeah, 600 calories as our regular. We also do 900 calories and we also do 300 calories. We can also make them low carb where we will lose the, the starchy carb component, which is usually rice, potatoes. And uh, we'll substitute that with, with some more vegetables and yeah. eggs or a fat, uh, you know, a good fat source, avocado. That sounds like that would be my go-to because yeah. I'm quite an active person like in the morning, but like when I'm sitting here doing something like this, I am aware, like I'm not moving around like a farmer or a rugby player. Yeah, exactly. The, so, the after that's yeah. burned. If you if you're active, you'll want the yeah. you'll want that rice and potato, and you'll feel better for it. But if you're not, then it's it's wasted, and um, it it will it will store itself as some fat. That's how it will work. So we have the option to to do it however you like. You can, you know the. That's just the lunch and the dinner meals, and you can yeah. you can customize it however you like. Um, so then we have the breakfast. Breakfast could be a dessert. Uh, we yeah. will make like a nut roasted granola. So nice. no no oats in there. It's um, nuts and seeds and and dried fruit awesome. and, and and raw honey. We also get our honey raw from a local a local guy, which is oh, beautiful. I saw that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we'll just serve that with some yogurt and some and some fruit, or maybe it'll be a chia pudding uh, with some with some fruit and you know nuts and seeds. But it's all it's all along those lines. Yeah. Uh, fruit is an option. Uh, yeah. Three or four pieces of fruit. We'll usually take out the the inedible bits for you, stones <laughs> and skins. Make oh, it as easy so as possible. Good. Yeah, well... So you, like, fully unprocessed, but you actually take out, like, the difficulty of, like, biting into an apple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> and make it more appealing. Like, I mean, that's what you do for children, right? So when you're... Um, when I was a kid, I remember my mum diligently cutting up apple for me, mm. soaking it in water and lemon juice. Yep. Um, so that's it wouldn't go do. brown throughout the day. <laughs> that's um, what we do. Um, we do whatever it, we do whatever it takes to to get to get you to to eat some fruit. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, so we also have a savory snack that we do too, um, which is usually something egg related. Maybe a couple of boiled eggs with some some aioli that we make with olive oil. Oh, yum. Um, maybe some some carrot sticks or you know something to just dip dip into it or an egg salad or maybe a hummus sometimes but something yes. along those lines um, and we make some sweet snacks too which are like raw treats yes. that you would get in in a in a nice cafe um yeah. and again you know sugar-free nuts yeah. some seeds some fruit some... have you come across um emily from good roots feasting in wanaka uh, I have not. You need Tell to go. And they've just opened up a retail space. Call it Market Research. Yep. Okay. Go over to Wanaka and try some of her bars because you'll love them. They're very similar to what um, it sounds like you guys do. So all yeah. keto, paleo, and I think they make them vegan. But So they're basically like nuts, fruits, healthy fats. Um, and delicious flavors like my favorite is the um, chocolate peppermint slice, yeah. so like with some peppermint oil in there, I think. Yeah. So um, I'm just gonna mention sorry for anyone who has noticed any technical difficulties. We'll see how my editing goes and see what I can cut out. But uh, we've got Chris back, and um, so in a minute, cause we're nearly in an hour, we'll move on to takeaway dessert Chris so any takeaways you've got for people but whilst we're into it and we're talking about your business what are you sort of mentioned you started your business that you run now off the back of the gym because you saw some incredible results for me personally or for for our other customers you and and your clients by the sounds of things yeah um we yeah yeah for for the most part the people that stick with us and um, just trust us to provide the food and just, you know, you just have to eat it. That's kind of how we designed it for. 
see incredible results. You know, I have a, yeah. a, a friend of mine, James, he just dropped 10 kg, changed nothing else in his life. And, you know, it was it didn't even take that long. You know, we're yeah. talking weeks, weeks here. Mm. And uh, now looks fantastic and feels better. And, you know, it's, the, yeah, the results. So, yeah, so, like, it's designed so that some, for some people, they want to, they want to gain weight. It's, you know, maybe it's yeah. a, a guy who wants to bulk up in the gym and he wants to build muscle. Yeah. You know, we can, we can structure something that works for them and it works. That's what happens. They do. They, yeah. they gain muscle and yeah. the desired effect. They're training hard. Mm -hmm. They're eating the carbs. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Other people want to lose weight. They want to, maybe they just want to drop some fat. So, yeah. you know, we can drop some of the carbs or keep them if they're still training. If you're still training hard you can keep the carbs you just maybe just drop the calories a bit but the carbs in your meal plans are even like completely different to what a um say a person who comes to me as a client mm. so i say my programs are fat loss but they also work for blokes who want to lose fat um but get leaner and build muscle as well again like if it's good food it works right yeah um, but they are generally, so when people come to me, they're eating about 45 teaspoons of sugar equivalent of carbohydrates a day. So that will be cereal or toast, very little protein, like nothing at all. Mm. Um, followed by crackers, followed by something like sushi or rice or pie or leftovers or a really, really healthy wrap, but mm. not often. Mm. Um and then what muffin or they raid the kids snack drawer or they raid the pantry and it's lots of crackers it's a lot of beige processed carbohydrates mm. as well as then they eat fruit because they know fruit's healthy so mm. then they add to that glucose load with the healthy stuff mm. and then dinners again you know often they're like oh you know i need to feed the family so pile on the rice, the pasta, the whatever it may be, um, or meat and three veg. They're like, oh, we eat pretty well. It's just meat and three veg. But of course, you know, the three veg tends to be three different types of potato. I'm over-exaggerating, but like, so when you say you've got carbs in your meals, it's probably still less than the standard Kiwi diet. Yeah, it probably is. And also we, we, we count it. You know, it's, yeah. everything's measured. That you know, the way the way that we make them is uh, there's a there's a fair bit of mathematical calculations going on, much to the detriment of my chefs who don't really enjoy <laughs> that part of it. They but, must hate it. Yeah, they don't enjoy but, enjoy that so much. Uh, but, but you do the hard work so that people don't have to, right? Exactly. So that's exactly. how my programs work as well. Like yeah. I give you a list of what to eat, but. Yours go a step further. So I give everyone the information, but they still have to do the hard work. Whereas, um, yeah. And yeah. I think a combination of both is great because we only do it for five yeah. days. I still recommend at least two days a week cook for yourself or even you go out, go out and yourself. eat if you want. Sorry. Yeah. I said yeah. you work, you encourage people to cook or work out what to eat for themselves. Yeah. At least, at least two days a week. Like ultimately it's what you do most of the time that's gonna provide results, uh, the consistency of most of the time. It's okay to treat yourself. Different different people. Yeah, hey? exactly. Yeah. Um, but what, what I really like about your mentality, but also what you, the way you run things, Chris, is you've got no kind of lock-in for your meal plan. No. So what, what we talked about, I think briefly last time, but also I can see happening is people try that. So people like completely green, to healthy eating they try your meals for a few weeks they feel the difference that's it might be an aesthetic goal they might see the difference but more often than not people feel a difference within a week or two one week is all, people don't all you need me when i say you you can feel a difference in a few days or a week yeah, yeah. but you really can we for sure we we hear that all the time especially yeah. um over the christmas period we shut down for two weeks oh yeah i mean I did it too. I I became a glutton over over Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I think that's if there is a time of the year, that's what it's for. It's for you know, do whatever you want 
for a bit yeah yeah why not um but i, I think get... there's um that i just sort of shared an email on that last week because while i oh, i didn't go completely lots of people go i fell off the wagon i'm done that's me can't be healthy ever again mm. and it's like well no like even over christmas like i i suppose i'm a bit of geek compared to most people but i i kept eating good stuff because i enjoy it yeah like i'd rather eat a full English breakfast than a bowl of cereal oh for um, sure. so i kept eating good food but also smashed pizza ice cream like usually if i wasn't pregnant it would be multiple bottles of wine but i think the the message that we probably both agree with is like if you eat well the majority of the time, it gives you ultimate freedom. It does. Yeah. When you want. Yeah. yeah. And also, if you enjoy eating well, you know, then it's not a chore. Um, no. And like our meals taste good too. Like, you know, they're made by chefs. They're not just, you know, we put, we put an effort and love and care into them. They're yeah. not, it's not boiled chicken and broccoli. Not chicken. Yeah. I was going to say it's not chicken and broccoli. No, we don't. Yeah. We don't do that. We make. I generally just go around the world looking for inspiration for how, how, uh, how we can make meat, potatoes, and vegetables taste diff, diff, good and different, and you know make it yeah. a variety enough so that it keeps it interesting every day. And maybe we, we should work together on some recipes. Absolutely, love to. <laughs> Lofty. I need to actually, maybe I should arrange, I need to make, arrange an order, but come over and pick it up from Queenstown because I live in Cromwell. So, because logistically you deliver to residential areas in Queenstown or people can pick them up from the gym, hey? At this stage, yeah, that's what we yeah. do. So yeah, any, anywhere in the Queenstown region to from yeah. Arrowtown, Jack's Point being the, the boundaries. Yeah. For now, for now. Uh, the reason being like yeah. we, we do three delivery runs a week. So you only get two days worth of food at a time so that we can make it actually fresh. fresh. Yeah. And it does make a difference because there are other meal prep companies around New Zealand, but there's none in Queenstown. So it's coming from somewhere else, Christchurch yeah. or Dunedin at best, sometimes even further. And that's the same for HelloFresh also. God knows where that's coming from. It's not here. Oh, no, and I hate to say it, but the amount of people who come to me after they've tried HelloFresh or those kind of box delivery services, because a lot of them are, you don't know where it's coming from. A lot of them are very heavy on the carbs and they're not like particularly nutritionally balanced. And a lot of them are still quite complicated. Yeah. And like, you still have to cook it. To pull together. Yeah. 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 Which is, again, don't get me wrong. I love to cook and I highly recommend everybody learning how to cook but you yeah. know what some people hate it and they're never gonna like I it know. and that's okay um yeah we can do that for you you know like it not everyone has to love everything all the time it's not that's not reality so but i think what's amazing is your and to see it working for people because what you basically like i said before you've cut out all the logistical cognitive barriers to eating good food yeah like, that's it literally that's ultimately, turns up your house. that's ultimately the the aim and goal of what we do is to just take the local produce as best as i can source it um calculate it into what an individual needs yeah and then turn it into nice nourishing meals and put it on your doorstep and now just just eat this just eat that and your life will improve. Yeah. Simple as that. So good. Like any guys listening to this who live in Queenstown, I can give you the information, but go head up yeah. Chris because he makes it even easier. I thought yeah. I made it easy, but I lied. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to go do the food shopping. <laughs> yeah, well, um, like I say, a combination of both is good. Uh, you still... Yeah, I reckon that's where I was going. I reckon even if you did your um, meal delivery service for a few weeks, realise how how much better good food makes you feel yeah and even take inspiration from your recipes right yeah exactly just see, what, see what it looks like, like see yeah. what a meal looks like that's you the know portion sizes portion size mm. um yeah the the quantity of each of macro ingredients 
you'll see how you feel afterwards and you'll see how that you feel and maybe you're not hungry maybe you're not full enough in which case you need the bigger meal and that's okay yeah maybe you can't finish it in which case you might need the smaller one but you'll know how you feel and that's the most important part like images is second on the on the list to to how you feel because if you feel good you'll you'll keep making good decisions and ultimately you will look good in a lot of other time. things end up falling into place don't exactly you've exactly got better energy like you're able to function better you're able to perform better and i don't mean at sport i mean like at your job yeah you're nicer to your partner because you're not having glucose spikes and getting horrendous 100 percent. you know sugar downers all the time yeah um i've had a lot of people say that actually that they their mood changes completely yeah which, of course it does yeah, i think it's awesome Hang it. And people are always amazed that I, you know, can sometimes just go till I'm pregnant as well, but can go to 11am or midday without eating mm. less often these days. But like, and they're like, I don't understand. I'm like, oh, you know, when you're not on that sugar roller coaster. Yeah. And really especially if you start your day with carbs, that's it. You've, you've got the wheels yeah. in motion. Now you, you've got to keep that. You've got to keep that churning over because you're, your insulin levels are going up and down like this and you need to keep it moving. But if you either yeah. don't eat anything or eat protein or fat or both. Or a combination. Yeah. yeah. Then um, you'll feel fuller for longer for one thing. But like you say, you, not eating in the morning. I personally don't either. Um, I just don't no. feel like I need to. And I don't, you know, once you understand what your body needs and what it wants and how you feel, you eat intuitively. And it doesn't take too long to work out what you're supposed to feel. Um, yeah. And then it's not hard to not eat. And you're like, oh, it's been, you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon. I haven't eaten anything yet. And that's okay yeah, that's... because I feel great. So what does it matter? <laughs> that's what a lot of people say in the first few weeks of my program is they're like, I'm not hungry. I'm like, that's okay. Mm. That's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a problem like you want to burn your own body fat so actually not feeling hungry all the time whereas when people are running off carbohydrates they're used to feeling hungry five six times a day mm. because they just need to keep that going yeah well if you're running off sugar the sugar is you've got to keep putting it in like shoveling coal whereas if you're burning your own body fat it's more like more like a candle you can light it and it's a slow burner and it will, and it will keep you going yeah there it goes i have to agree with you there yeah. mm. um chris we're nearly at an hour Are we? which i thought might happen um based on our chat the other day yeah um so we don't keep people too long um we run a takeaway dessert on this podcast if you could give people a few takeaways about your learnings from your experience. Oh, not um, actual takeaways. Not where's a good takeaway to go Not to actual that. takeaways. So, <laughs> uh, although I'll, I'll put a link to your website where you can literally order food delivered to your door, everyone. But yeah, um, yeah not, no, don't worry. I'm not expecting you to actually deliver people food. Just um, a few metaphorical takeaways for people's brains. Put no. you on the spot now. Yeah, put me so on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> I think when it comes to food, the easiest thing to do is just not have, not have poor quality food in your house. So yeah. if you don't, don't buy it, it's not in your cupboard and you buy, you know, buy some steaks, buy some mints. It's cheap. Keep some cheese in there, some eggs, um, keep a bowl of fruit, um, maybe even some pate. Uh, some rice pate. crackers. I love pate. Yeah. Me too. Keep butter next to your, on your kitchen side, nice and warm. And, and don't be afraid of, of animal fats. Um, and if that's what you've got in your house, that, and it, you know, you might crave some, some chips or crisps or a bit of chocolate at first, but then when you realize you don't have it, you're like, okay, well, what do I have? You know, yeah. oh, I've got some eggs here. Well, maybe I'll just have an omelet. Do that. Some eggs and some butter. Yeah, do that. Yeah. And you've just made a great decision.
It's so interesting. One of um, I always share a podcast. It's called Lifestyle Design Secrets, in case you mm. don't know. But the um, I say one of our lifestyle design secrets in our program is your environment. So just understanding your food environment and then how you manage that. Yeah. So exactly like you say. Don't don't you know understand the supermarket environment, for example. Like try to learn to ignore the chocolate at the checkout. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Try to walk around the supermarket and think about exactly what Chris is saying. Do you need, do you want any of that food in your house? Is it a mindset blip? Are you stressed? Are you tired? Are you going to be happy with yourself for having that food mm. in the house come Monday morning? Yeah, Or are you exactly. going to regret it? It won't be there by Monday morning. When you buy snacks like that, if I buy snacks like that, they, they're, they, gone. They, they're gone very quickly. <laughs> But like you say, another good tip, learn how to navigate a supermarket. So, yeah. you know, you shop around the outside. Think about, was this going to be on the shelf 100 years ago? Yeah. Is it a fruit? Is it a vegetable? Is it meat? Is it eggs? Is it natural? Is it in a packet? If it is in a packet, yeah. read the back. If there is something yeah. on that that you don't know what it is, don't eat it. Like you, you wouldn't eat it if it wasn't in a packet or if it was just a a pile of mysterious white powder. You so, that. That's so funny you said that because this is one of my hacks. So first of all, ingredient lists, right? So yeah. if it has one, question it. Question whether you need it. At least look at it. Next. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you'd be surprised how people are like so flummoxed. Mm. Um Bit. And you know, people just look at the health star rating and then they're really screwed. Yeah. But anyway, um, if it's got more than five ingredients, definitely question it and probably put it back. Mm. Um, you know, any more than five ingredients is a hell of a lot for your gut to digest. Yep. Really. Like any more of those convenience like foods, like processed, more than five ingredients. So cereals often have 16, 17, Doritos have 17 ingredients. Things like breakfast cereals can have things like 24 ingredients. Mm. People go, oh, I just, you know, my guts. And I'm like, well, how do you think your gut's coping with the 24 different types of grains and sugar? But anyway, and my other one, like you said, if it was just a load of white fat powder spilling everywhere without the packet, I love to get people to picture the supermarket and walking around it without any of the packaging. So the fruit and veg look very similar right it mm. will stay there the meat would just be like an old school butcher loads of meat there without the plastic mm. right then you move into like the cereal aisle that's a freaking sloppy mess <laughs> of beige stuff spilling all over the aisles <laughs> or even like, yep. you know, like flour it's, it's hilarious even like chocolate in this heat, a load of like melted brown liquid all over the shelves. Like, mm. it's quite funny if you picture the supermarket without packaging. And I reckon that's a really good hack for people. Yeah. Packaging full stop. Just like, you know, obviously, like you say, meat comes in packaging, has to for, you know, food safety rules. But that's just yeah. one thing in there. Like you say, like it's not, if it's got a list of ingredients, look, just look at it. Just look at it like just know what know what you're eating, know what you're putting inside yourself because you you know you are what you eat. It's such a cliche. But we are Speaking of, have you seen that new vegan documentary called that? I have. Actually, no, I lie. I haven't seen it, but I've I've read a lot of uh, discussion or, or about it. I read a lot of discussion as well, and I I tried to make it halfway through the first episode, but they started talking about how saturated fat clogged your arteries and I well, there's there's another propaganda uh, tool that they use when they talk about cholesterol and saturated fat. Yeah. They'll they, it comes with pictures of clogged arteries. Yeah, and that's not what cholesterol is. No, that's arterial plaque. That's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but, but by putting a picture of a blocked artery when you talk about cholesterol. People think that cholesterol is blocking up your arteries, and that's not what it does. In fact, cholesterol is an essential building block for testosterone, for one thing. I was about to say, can we actually just talk about that? Because, yeah, two podcasts mm. ago was all about testosterone. Mm. And the amount of blokes tanking their own testosterone. 
Yeah. Like not eating things like meat, not eating things like butter. <clears throat> like, yeah, and on statins to lower yep. their cholesterol. Yep. Holy shit, that's why you're losing muscle and getting fatter, mate. Yep. Sorry. Not to mention yeah. it's a possible cause of Alzheimer's um, because your brain your brain needs cholesterol and by by stopping the cholesterol to your brain you you're damaging it jam, damaging it <laughs> I mean uh, there's a lot of discourse on this from doctors and things that I probably need to look into and write a bit about but so I do wonder how much of dementia and cholesterol like issues that's around at the moment like alzheimer's which they're calling type 3 diabetes yeah um, is to do with the fact that they told all older slightly overweight people in the 80s to stop eating butter yep and start eating like processed margarine yeah those sorts of messages but that was uh that was an organized an organized ploy and it was paid for with fake science to yeah there was a, a, it was a university in, in the United States. They were paid $50,000 to make fake science um, <clears throat> studies to say that sugar is good for you and saturated fat is bad. That good. single act alone has probably killed more people than anything else on earth in the history of earth. This wasn't the Ansel Keys study, was it? Uh, it that might be after it might be that one yeah. it might be that one the low fat saying that yeah the one that kick-started the low fat revolution yes yes yeah although i think this might this was in the 60s i think this particular oh, yeah. study i'm referring to but yeah yeah right. there, there's been more than one there's been more than one that's why you can't trust the science I know this is yeah again last podcast she was like how do you know what to trust and what not to and I was like well you know whether they seem trustworthy whether they're selling something yeah whether their company they're working for is selling something like what's their motives what's the agenda is there a double blind placebo controlled trial mm. also like yeah who's given you the, the advice so what do, what do they look like are they healthy people yeah. do they look good yeah. Do they look like you want to look? Because look at the health ministers of Belgium is the, the most oh. grotesque one. Um, did you share that on, did I see that on your Instagram or something recently? Um, no, but. Because I've seen someone that share that. It's hilarious. That is, that is my next post that I was going to do today for Instagram. So you will see it on my Instagram yeah. later on. Oh, I can't my, wait and I'll share it. it will be, mine will be a bit funnier, but yeah, I like it. <laughs> If the health guidelines are coming from people that look like that, then, you know, I don't want to look like that. So maybe don't listen to these people. No. If you, I need to look up the health minister for New Zealand now, actually. That would be quite funny. Yeah, Have I actually don't know who seen... it is. You what? I don't know who it is either, actually. No, I want to look it up. Um, have you seen the corporate members of the New Zealand Nutrition Foundation? No. <laughs> I'll say that I have. Similar, similar story. Uh, McDonald's, Coca-Cola, Sanitarium, Beef and Lamb New Zealand, things like that. But like, you know, quite way down the list. Um, yeah, it's questionable, I would say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's a dangerous list. I know. So um, for everyone listening, before we get to conspiracy theorists, I would yeah, just yeah. Uh, that's an, that's another take podcast, all that government advice. With a pinch of salt to remember to, um, you know, listen to how how your body feels. Chris, any yeah. final takeaways before we let people go? Um, yeah, one last thing is plan ahead. Plan your meals. That's how you yeah. end up um, making mistakes. Is that you? You're in a rush and you have to grab the the, the nearest thing. And if you're relying on having to get something quick and easy in town, it's not going to be good. So plan ahead. No. It's A, way cheaper. Um, you'll save so much money from planning. Do some meal prep. You know, it might take you a couple of hours one day, but you don't, you don't have to do it the next day or, or possibly the next day after that. So just put in a little bit of effort and plan, plan your week. We can do it for you. Music to my ears. Do it yourself. Yeah. 
whatever, but but just do it. Do that. People you... see the, um, say, an hour or two hours on a Sunday or something, and they're like, oh, it's too hard. But then they don't see the fact that they can't go for a lunchtime walk because they're spending 20 minutes. Yeah, exactly. And make it fun. Waiting in line at the bakery. Make it fun, you know. Have a have a glass of wine yeah. if you want. Put some music on. Put put your yeah. favorite TV show on, and you know you can have that in the in the in the background. Enjoy it, you know. Like it's it's a fun. It can be a fun thing to do, but you know you, you can do other things at the same time. It doesn't listen to a podcast. Do whatever you want to do. This podcast. Listen to this podcast yeah. every week. <laughs> right. Chris, thank you so much um, for having a chat with me today. Um, if anyone wants to find Chris, I'm just looking at his subscription online at the moment, deciding whether I should go over to Queenstown and pick it up. But so um, it is Hippocrates or Hippocrates.co.nz if you live in the Queenstown area. Yep. And I'll link to Chris's website and social um, media and things in the show notes. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Amy. Sorted. Been fun. You're welcome. Great. Nice chatting. Nice chatting. See you later. Bye. Bye.